0: World. God bless y'all. Uh, how many of y'all are visitors today? Raise your hand. Let's give all our visitors hello. Hello. God bless you. God bless y'all. My name is Miles, and the pastor of the rock, and the first thing we always do is get on our knees and pray. So let's get on our knees. asked you to ask the person next to you, have they prayed 15 minutes a day this week, and have they, were they on time? Were on time? I was on time. I've been here since 7.30 this morning. <laughs> um, if you are a visitor uh, and you haven't been hearing me say this over and over again, what I'm about to say doesn't apply to you, but I, um, um, I want to challenge all you who come here that when it comes to praying, uh, whether you are or not, uh, you take this for what it's worth, decide that you're either not going to do it or you're going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, you need to tell God, God, I'm not going to pray because I don't think I need to do it. So that's why I'm not doing it. But I don't want you to be in the middle where you feel like, eh, you know, I'm busy and it's okay. Okay? Either you decide I'm not going to pray or I am going to pray. And if you don't pray, whether you believe it or not, what you are sending the message to God is that you don't believe you need to. Now, I would tell you as a pastor of a church, you are completely wrong and deceived. And you're being cheated by a lie. So either you do it or you don't. Same thing with being on time. Not only being on time here, just life. You send a message that's not important. And it is. If you're a Christian and you go to church, worship is important. Because you're not going to do it at work. <laughs> you're not going to do it at the gym. You're not going to do it at the football field. And his, what, our life, our whole life is an expression of worship. And so when, I, when I'm talking about coming on time, it's not just to be on time, it's to, to, to that we're all participating in everything that w- what we uh, put our heart and soul into, what these people put their heart and soul into so we can worship God because worshiping God is extremely important. When I was listening to the song, uh, Jesus be the center of the church, and, and then she said Jesus be the center of the rock, I just broke down because when I die, <laughs> you know, I'm responsible for your souls and for this. And I have a degree of responsibility, so everybody else. And the last thing, shoot me in the head if we ever play church. Because I could do a, I mean, I, that's not what I'm going to do, but that's not what this is about. And I just want to keep pushing you, even to irritate you, to tick you off, and to make you feel uncomfortable. We don't want to play church. That is not what this is about. It is not what this is about. There are going to be people. ISIS is not playing games. Ebola, and that whole, that is a disease that will kill you. That You talking about the devil uh, being a genius and how he's destroying and bringing chaos. The only thing that's going to deliver us is God. And this is, this is very, very serious. And I'm talking about 15 minutes a day. God deserves all day. I mean, it's... It, This country and our culture and our mindset is so God whatever and our country is so against the Bible. We cannot be that way. We have to be very, very focused and very intentional. And so I want to continue to challenge you. I know I say it all the time, but I want to tell you it's for real. It's for real. That when you go to work tomorrow, be there early on time. Be a witness for God. Be ready. Better than you ever have been. And and let's be what God calls us to be. Let's call on God and have God do amazing things to our life so he will get the credit. But, and let's this be our day. We get encouraged and chastised or whatever. (laughs) and get encouraged and get challenged and get instructed and then go beat the devils behind all week. Remember, God's not fighting the devil. He he, he put us here to fight the devil. If he fights the devil, it's it's not a fight. He just squashes them. He says, no, I put you there. Amen. Lord, may we be very, very serious. And may we take our faith serious. The devil is very serious. We need to be more serious than him. We need to be serious because you are worthy of all our praise, all our commitment. And Lord, the people in this room and all the multi-sites and micro-sites, who have been not serious with you. They know who they are. Holy Spirit, I pray you speak to them. I don't need to speak to them. You speak to them. You convict them. That's your job, not my job. So I pray you would bear witness in their heart. You need to step it up. And I pray you stir their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, let's have a good time. Let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. Say, Word. Yeah. One more time, say, Word. Yeah. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people say certain things, you imitate them? My grandmother, I had a grandmother from, well, my grandmother's from Jamaica and one was Chinese and black. She would say, darling, come darling, come darling. <laughs> the other one would say, okay. That's what we say in the house all the time. Okay, come darling, come darling. Love you, love you. She would always say, love you. I went to a... Um, a gym yesterday called Next Wave, let me get it right, it's a yes, Next Wave, they uh, do CrossFit. How many of you do not know what CrossFit is? Anybody not know what CrossFit is? Have you ever watched TV and, 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 and they have CrossFit competitions where they lift weights over their head, they throw barrels over stuff, and they do chin-ups, and just extreme... Uh, fitness stuff. You know, they they carry logs and they do ninety thousand push-ups, ninety thousand chin-ups, and it's just they just do. They, they they're in complete, their whole body's in condition. It's just weightlifting, exercise competition, and so CrossFit gyms train you in all that. So my son joined this gym for you know ninety days for real, real ninety-nine dollars online, 99 dollars for ninety days, which is really good. So I said, okay, I'm going to come, you know, because I want to spend time with him so we work out. So I went there yesterday actually with his wife my first time. So we were in the beginner foundations class to kind of teach us what it's about. And I've been working out all my life. And it was me, my daughter-in-law, and this other young lady. He says, okay, here's how you stretch. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but it was good because there was a lot of stuff I did not know. And he gave us this bar, this plastic PVC pipe, which simulates a heavy bar that we will one day lift. And we had to put it all the way around like that. <laughs> and I was like, really? Can you re- are you really supposed to be able to do that? And then all the way around and stretch our shoulders. And, and then he said, okay, you're going to do a lift where you're going to lift it above your head and then squat down. But you got to keep it behind you. and you got to squat down. And I'm thinking, why would I ever do this? <laughs> and we got there early. I got there early because I'm early all the time. <laughs> Usually not 99% of the time. And, they, and I was watching people do stuff. And they were just taking weights. And, huh, 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 huh. and I was like, dang. I ain't doing that. I mean, I would like to, but it just seemed like impossible. Uh, you know, they, these guys are young and strong. So, I, you know, I was like, I don't know how I could do that. But some of the stuff they do in CrossFit just seems so impossible. When you walk with God... <laughs> God wants to do impossible things in your life. You have to believe that. He wants to do impossible things in your life and through your life. He wants to change you and then do stuff through you that blow your mind. What if? Everybody say, what if? What if. You really believe that. Now, some of you should be thinking right now, well, how do you know we don't believe that? Because of what you do and what you don't do. And no matter what you believe, there's always more to believe. I mean, I'm challenged. There's stuff, I'm saying, God, I want to believe that. I don't believe that yet, but I want to get there. But what if you really believe that? So we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer. I've been prepping this for about a month now. We're going to go through the Lord's Prayer over the next five or six months. And there's six parts to the Lord's Prayer that we're going to go through. And each part is going to take about a month, five weeks, six weeks, whatever. It depends on how long God drags it out. And right now, I want you to look at the Lord's Prayer. We're going to pray it. Now understand this. Technically, this is not the Lord's Prayer. It's what we call the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that the Lord actually prayed, is in John chapter 17. This is just what we call the Lord's Prayer. Technically not the Lord's Prayer. He's teaching us how to pray. And he's not telling us to say this. He's telling us to pray this. And what I mean by that... He's telling us to pray. What this means, not to pray it over and over again. In other words, you can say, "Our Father heart in heaven," that's fine. You can say that. But what he's telling us is something way deeper than that, and that's what we're going to learn over the next six months. It's not going to be rocket science. It's just so much good stuff. So let's just read it once over, and then we'll then we'll go through the first part. Verse nine, chapter six, verse nine. It says, "In this manner, therefore, pray." Let's read it together out loud. On three. On three. Ready? Three. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, so that has six sections to it, six general statements, and they all mean a whole lot. This is Christ teaching us how to pray. Don't necessarily say this over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that. But what he's saying is I want you to understand what it means. And we're going to talk about just verse 9. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's all we're going to talk about for the next month. Okay. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Our Father in heaven. Everybody say our Father. Our Father. Many of you do not have a good father. Many of you have had... Been hurt by your father. Some of you are bad fathers. And when you think the word father based on your earthly experience, you, you will impose that on your heavenly father. Now, all of us assume and we kind of until we know that God in heaven is better than our earthly father. But when we think father, a father who's been unfaithful, a father who's been mean to us, a father who's been uh, uh, critical of us, we have to make a leap to believe that the father in heaven is not like that. A friend of mine is a pastor in L.A. at the Dream Center. Anybody heard of the Dream Center in L.A.? How many of you never heard of the Dream Center in L.A.? Okay. Uh-huh. You need to Google Dream Center. If you're ever in L.A., you need to go to the Dream Center. It's an old hospital that I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of square feet, I don't know how many rooms, thousands of rooms, I'm guessing, where they house people, homeless people that they've brought in, drugs, drugs prostitutes, uh, drug dealers, families that were homeless, women women and children that were in the sex trade. And they rehabilitate them, they love them, they put them to work. They disciple them and they have a a church in the Old Angeles temple. It's four levels, Charlie Chaplin uh, performed there years ago. And it's a historic building. It's an amazing place. And I walked around with Matthew Barnett, who's the director of it. Tommy Barnett, his father, is a pastor in Phoenix, who I was just with in South Africa. He's 77 years old. He's a beast. He's a beast. He, tre- he preached eight times in Australia recently, eight times in a weekend. He's 77 years old. He's I work out. He so said, Yeah, his brother is a beast. He walked from Phoenix to LA to raise money for the Dream Center years ago. He walked. He said, it was the hardest. My feet was falling. I underestimated what it would do. But he finished. They were preaching at the Dream Center and he said to the crowd, how many of you hate your father? Come forward. And a big part of the crowd came forward. If you hate your father, it's going to be so much harder for you to love and understand the, the love of a father. We have to understand that our father, God wants to be your Father. God wants to protect you like a father. He wants to encourage you like a father. The first thing Jesus says is our father. It's not only my father, he wants to be your father. And by the way, in a few minutes you're going to have an opportunity to, make him your, to invite him to be your father because you're, he's not your dad by, by right. You have to ask him to be your dad. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. First thing, though, our Father. And then it says, in heaven. Oh, by the way, before we get to the Father, uh, uh, well, in heaven. Look what it says next, our Father in heaven. Everyone say heaven. heaven. Two things about heaven. Heaven is a place. First thing, up there. Now, when you're a kid, you always learn heaven's up there and hell's down there. And when you're a kid, you like, you're going to go down there. <laughs> the devil's down there. It's hot down there. Well, you know, I was in Hawaii uh, recently they had an active lava volcano, a vo- active volcano, and we actually went in the helicopter and saw the lava bubbling up. It's hot. And it's coming from down there. <laughs> you can say what you want about hell or the myth of hell. There's hot stuff down there. <laughs> Just like the Bible says. I don't know what else is down there. I just know some hot stuff down there. I seen it. I seen it. With my own eyes. Our Father heaven. Heaven is a place that's up there. Jesus said, I descended from heaven and I'm going to ascend back to heaven. Jesus said, in my Father's house there are many mansions. It's a place. The Bible says there are 12 gates in heaven. The angels in heaven. His throne is in heaven. The streets are gold in heaven. So what you pay for as jewelry, I don't have any gold. Oh, yeah, I got white gold. But what we pay for as jewelry is the street. You're wearing asphalt and concrete. Concreto. Diamonds, rubies, emeralds, that's just building material in heaven. For real. There's lightning in heaven thunder and lightning, people come to church They say, oh, they got all those lights. We have 60 moving lights, just so you know. At least that's what it was when we bought it. I don't know how many we got now. We got 60 moving lights. And, and, and sound system, probably the best in San Diego, that's what I'm saying. And, uh, uh, <laughs> but I actually believe it is. Uh, and we got smoke machines and like, oh, they're just trying to be like a concert. No, we're not, we're trying to be like heaven. <laughs> heaven. Because when you go to heaven, there will be thundering, lightning, rainbow, lights, smoke, fire, and rumbling, and earthquakes of people worshiping. That's why if you miss worship, you're going to be like, what are they doing? There's going to be an angel at the gates of heaven. It's going to say, what church did you go to? I'm making this up. But here's what's going to happen theoretically. You're gonna be in line getting to heaven. Gonna go to the gate, and they're gonna say, "Okay, what's your name? Your name's written in the book of life." And you can say, "My name is Jimmy." Oh no, no! The spirit says, "Long time ago, your name was Boomshaka." There you are. <laughs> Boomshaka. What church did you go to? Oh, I went to the Rock. The records show that you were late. Like all the time. Like you always caught like the last song. So you don't know how to worship. Well, you're going to be at a place up here. So we're going to send you over there to heaven beginner school. Heaven's a place where there are no more tears. No sorrow. No death. No deception, no disorder or chaos. The ruling principle in heaven is peace. Peace doesn't mean quiet. Peace means order. If you go to the mountains, there's something spiritual. (laughs) Spiritual. (laughs) Not spiritual, spiritual. Spiritual is spiritual up a few notches. Spiritual. There's something very spiritual about nature, whether it be the ocean, the desert, the mountains, the snow, the forest. Why? Here's what it is. It's peaceful. It's organized. Doesn't mean it's quiet necessarily. Even when you go to the ocean, you hear the waves. There's something right about it. Why? It's, it's organized. It's just the way God Wanted it. You go to the mountains and you can hear the wind, you can hear the leaves, you can hear the birds, you can hear the coyotes and all this stuff happening, but it's peace. When you go to heaven, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's all under the influence of God. There is no conflict. And so our father who is in that place of perfect peace... By the way, the ruling principle on earth is control. What does that mean? Man is trying to grab and hold, and it's about me. That problem is not in heaven. When you go to heaven, there will be none of that. We will be doing this. You are in control. Every knee bows. In heaven and earth, by the way. You will be bowing in hell, too. Not for real. When you are in hell, you will be bowing, God, I missed it. So our father who art in heaven, our father, daddy, who is in heaven. Now, heaven, two things about heaven. I said, one, heaven is a place. But the reason that that place is heaven, the reason that that place is peaceful, the reason that that place is the perfect standard, the standard of perfection and everything right, is only because of the presence of a perfect God. That's what makes it that way. See, I think... For me, my favorite place on the planet as far as beauty is Hawaii. That's just me. That's just me. I mean, I know there's places all over the world that are beautiful like that, but that just happens to be, why just go, wow. I mean, if you ever go to Hawaii, how many of of y'all have never been to Hawaii? Shut up. (laughs) It's only right there. If you go to New York, you can go to Hawaii. It's the same distance, you know. It's just the opposite direction. You need to go in Hawaii. No matter where you drive, all around the island, it's just some beach. No, it's just you, you just drive down, and there's an awesome beach, and nobody's there, like one guy fishing. But you just go. What makes Hawaii great? The weather, the water, the weather, the water, the weather and the water, the trees. What makes heaven heaven is the fact that God is there controlling it. That's what makes it heaven. Why is this important? Because you do not want to seek heaven. You want to seek the God of heaven. It's a very different thing. Because going to heaven doesn't mean I'm in this place where I get to do what I want. Going to heaven means you are in the presence of God with no other distractions. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It's all the same thing. And what all that means is seek ye, seek ye the reign of God in your life. What makes heaven heaven is it is under the ruling power of God. When you become subjected to the ruling power of God, you in heaven. That's it. When God can completely control your thoughts, completely control your feelings, completely control your plans, your perception of life, yourself, then you're in heaven. That's what makes it heaven. Heaven's not like a city that God moved to. It's a place where he, he made it by his presence. As matter of fact, look in your notes, there's just one little definition there. It says uh, heaven, heaven is a the location. And then it says heaven is a state or condition of being under the ruling presence of God. This is so incre- important. Wherever God's presence is and in complete control, that is heaven. We know God's here. But we're doing this to God. Not yet. Not yet. We don't want that. God's like, okay. I'll stand right here. But once we say, God, I want everything you have for me. I submit my fears, my dreams, my wants, I submit it, I want it. Whatever you want, it's yours. Now you're going to start to experience heaven. Our father who art in heaven, we have to first establish before we ask for anything. Because the next part of the prayer, which we'll get to in a month, is that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The perfection in heaven, I want that here. But that's not until later. We just have to understand what heaven is. So God, and we have to understand who God is. Then it says... Hallowed be thy name. Everyone say hallowed. Hallowed Hallowed means cause your name to be holy or to be holy or to be honored or to be respected. Our father in heaven, by the way, there's no other God in heaven. There are idols people put on their shelves. Those are just clay and ceramic. They can do nothing for you except lead you into praying to a demon. You don't want to pray to any physical idol ever. Our father who is in heaven. And he's not in that idol on your wall. Do not have any other gods. The God of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Get it out of your life. Our father who in heaven. Holy is your name. Holy, hallowed, holy means set apart. There is no other name like your name. There's nowhere else we can go to get what you can give, to know what you know, to receive what you have. Nowhere. You have to establish that fact. You can't say, okay, God, our uh, Father in heaven, you give me that. Okay, God, this, you give me that. Okay, uh, uh, my job, give me that. Okay, my money. No, no, no. Stop. God, only you. The God in heaven who's I'm talking to. I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm talking to the God of heaven. Just so all the other gods know, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the God in heaven whose name is above every name. Holy, hallowed. I honor you. We're gonna, we're gonna t- spend a whole month in how, basically, uh, how we hollow the name of God. Hollow means to make holy. Lord, I am going to make sure everybody around me knows that I honor your name. What if you prayed like that? Last thing is his name. A name, God's name, and even in the Bible they gave names to people, it represented their character, it represented their reputation, it represented a promise that they were making. I'm going to give you some names. Noah meant rest. (laughs) Comfort. Moses meant to draw out. Abraham was father of multitude. Daniel means God is my judge. Michael, who is like God. God has a whole bunch of names. (laughs) What we're going to do, we're going to study a bunch of his names out through this whole series, but definitely in the next three weeks. We're going to study the names of God, the names of the Son, and the names of the Holy Spirit. What those names mean and why those names are holy and how we can hollow them how we can respect them, how we can honor and bring honor and glory to them. Why is this important? Because when you pray to God, when you put God in his right place and you in your right place as submitted to God, dependent on God, acknowledging God's role, acknowledging your role, and then you pray with that attitude, everything changes. But when you're praying down to God, which people do without even realizing, Dear God, how come you didn't give me that? How How come they got this? And God is like, are you complaining to me? What are you complaining about? You're alive. I could, because of your sin, I could have you die right now. I've given you life, breath, opportunity, family, strength to get through your drama. And you're complaining to me? You didn't get a raise, you have a job that you don't deserve. Because I gave you the talent to have that job. Are you using the talent to do the job the best I said? You don't go on time. How can you do the job I told you to do? And, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm, but I'm being very specific about what I was talking about. You don't practice, you don't study. You're lazy. You complain, you gossip. And you're complaining to me? Do you know who I am? I'm not one of your boys, one of your friends down the street. I'm God in heaven. And you're coming to me because I got something you, I, I can do in your life which you cannot do. You need to go to God saying, God, I, there's things you can't do. I'm coming to you because I'm at a loss. There's nowhere else I can go. You do not go to God with something you can get from your friend. Now You can go to God for that. He's like, you come to me because your friend can't do it. Your friend is not in heaven with me. I rule in heaven. And I graciously give you life and breath and opportunity to walk with me. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your name, your reputation, Yahweh. Yahweh, I am that I am. We're going to talk about these names, i was give it to you. Yahweh, your name is above all names. Yahweh means I am that I am. It's not that I was, I'm not going to be. I always was, I always will be. I am now. I exist all by myself. You don't create me, you can't destroy me. I am. Holy is my name. There is no other name like that. And then before you asked anything, complained about anything, confessed anything, pray for anybody else, you just acknowledge who you're talking to and how awesome he is. And when you realize how awesome he is, where he is, what he has done, how he has done it, then you will shut your mouth about all the other stuff you worry about because you know that all that stuff is not a problem for him. And then your t- prayer changes. And when your prayer aligns with his heart, stuff changes. Starts to happen. That honors him, by the way, not about you. It's never about me. Everybody say it's not about me. me. Everybody say it never was about me. me. It's never gonna be about me. It's It's always about God. Here's the good thing about God God wants to hook you up so bad, He wants to hook you up. (laughs) The problem is that every time He hooks you up, you forget where the hookup came from. And then he goes, man. And then he's got to sometimes take it away. Or let your idolization of what he blessed you with destroy you. Until you come back to him and say, my bad. (laughs) Turn to John chapter 1, then we're going to get out of here. The very first thing, our father. Everyone say our father. He is not your daddy, your father, because you are human. You will hear in the media all the time, we are all God's children. That is not true. What do you mean? It's just not true. You're human. If a kid came to my house, light-skinned, yellow kid, looked like he's Puerto Rican like me, straight hair, you know, Cocoa brown uh color say, hey, hey dad. And I'm like, is your name Miles? Because I got one son and his name is Miles. No, I'm your son. I'm like, no, you're not. I got three children, one son, and it ain't you. <laughs> he said, No, nah, no, nah, I'm your son. I said, look, I don't know what you're trying to get from me. But if you can prove you're my son, then we can we can talk. But you're not my son just because you look like me. And the only way you can prove it is to take a blood test. Look at John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, but as many as John 1 12, but as many as received him, everyone say received him, received to them he gave the right to become. Say become, become children of God to those who believe in his name. Uh, we're talking about Jesus here. You here in the world, we're all God's children. That is the world's religion to say, I'm going to heaven. And God loves me. God does love you, but he doesn't necessarily approve you. God's love for you does not, his unconditional love does not mean unconditional approval of what you do. You are not God's child just because you're born. You are a creation of God. God created you. And by the way, you were made in God's image. But unless you say to God, because your sin has separated you from God spiritually, and unless you say to God, God, please forgive me of my sin, and I receive Christ as my Savior. And his blood covers my sin. He died on the cross, shed his blood for my sin. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Unless you do that, you're not his child. You are a human being. And if you die without receiving God as your father, as Jesus told the religious, the devil was their father. He told the religious rabbis that. Why? Because they were not submitted to the Father in heaven. They they created their own law. He says, well, you worship your law. Go ahead, that's your dad. God wants to be your father, but he will only be your father on his terms. He's not your father just because you're born. Just like you have an earthly father that really brought you into this earth, him and your mom, but yet he's not your dad because he hasn't loved you. And you will even say he's not your dad, even though biologically he is your father. Well, the same thing God will say you're not his child unless you have submitted yourself to love him and that you have been united with him spiritually. By asking Christ to forgive you of your sin and receiving Jesus as your Savior and the Holy Spirit come to live in your heart by you asking him, which we're going to do here in a minute, and now you're his child. But as his child and him as your father, you now have to live in submission to him. Yes, submission. Why does the world give the Bible, the Heisman? Because the world does not want to submit to God. The world wants to do what it wants to do. It's all about my rights. Not in the kingdom of heaven, it's all about his rights. I heard this story the other day that some college student had an American flag on their balcony at their college and the school told them to take the flag down because they didn't want to offend foreigners. What? Oh, please don't don't breathe because you're going to offend me. Please don't look at me, you're going to offend me. It's all about what I want in the kingdom of heaven. Lord, what do you want? What do you want? Who do you want me to be? What do you, want me to, who do you want me to be with? What, do you want, what job do you want me to have? How do you want me to talk? God, I submit. If that's not your daddy like that, he ain't your daddy. Unfortunately, he'll be your judge. We don't want that to happen. So in a minute we're going to pray and you're going to have an opportunity to say, Father, I want you to be my father. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord God, thank you. For your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Father in heaven, you are so good to us. You are so patient with us. And you deserve all of our devotion, you deserve a commitment. You deserve our obedience, our reverence, our service. You deserve all of our tithe, all of it. You deserve all of our time. But Lord, we take you for granted. We don't listen to you. We don't obey you. We don't respect you, and yet we say you're our father. And as so many earthly fathers have abused their children, we are in turn abusing you and disrespecting you. If today you want to submit to your father the way God deserves, by asking him, one, to forgive you, but two, to love you to protect you, to provide for you, to encourage you. If you're saying to God, God, be my father. Be my dad. Teach me what that means. I want you to pray this prayer with me. In the privacy of your heart, just pray, dear God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my pain. Forgive me of my sin. Be my father. Take care of me like a father. Love me like a father. Guide me like a father. I need you, God. I need you. Send your Holy Spirit to live in my heart. I receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I surrender my life to you. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you to stand up if you prayed that prayer. And what you're doing when you're standing up, you are honoring God as your Father. He deserves more honor than anything we know, anybody we know. So don't worry about who's next to you. And I'm gonna count to three in all the campuses and the, the, the microsites and online wherever you are. If you prayed that prayer and saying, God, I want you to be my father, I'm gonna ask you to stand up. On the count of three. I don't want you to hesitate. I want you to honor God. One, two, Three, stand to your feet, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing, stay standing, God bless you, God bless you. Anybody else, stand to your feet. God bless you, God bless you. Now here's what we're going to do. In a minute we're going to ask all of you to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony all you got to do is come on down. And so I'm going to ask all of you right now as we cheer for you to come out of you. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up. And I'll bring you down. Everybody else, just come out of your seat. Come on down to the altar and let's give them a hand. You do all of you deserve a father, the father deserves a good child. And what that means is that he is worthy of us obeying him. Everything about your life is submitted to him. It is not about what you want. You will hear in the media, be who you feel, be true to yourself. All that is garbage. People who do what they want end up in prison. You go to prison, talk to an inmate. I did what I wanted to do at that moment. We do what God tells us to do. If we all did what we wanted to do, we'd be in prison. My son's a policeman. Right here in southeast San Diego. SDPD. He deals with people who, he deals with people who do what they want to do all the time. It's about, Lord, what do you want me to do? How, who do you want me to be? And the reason, when we get ourselves in trouble is when we we do what we want. Now, when what we want is the same what God wants. Woo, that's great. But that's why you say, Lord, thy will be done, not my will. And if you are a good child, God will bless you. (laughs) He'll give you. And by the way, it's not about giving you what you want. It's about giving you what he wants for you. It's just better than what you want. (laughs) That's the great thing about it. I would have never in a million years said I was going to be a pastor. I would never in a million years said I was going to talk in front of people. They used to try it when I was playing football. They would say, well, can you go talk in front of people. I said, I'm not a speaker. They're like, all right. God God's like, do you hear what you're saying? You don't even know why I made you. Some of we don't even know why God made us. Lord, I just pray for all these people and I pray they would let you be their daddy. I pray they would talk to you every day. 15 minutes, say, my father in heaven, my father in heaven, my father in heaven, I need you. You pray every day, all day. Stop blaming people. Stop blaming yourself. Pray to God. Pray to God. And he will show you great and mighty things you don't know. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take a right turn and walk this way. Take a right turn.